Hello and welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. It's the NTT 20 betting show and it's sponsored by Betfair. And we're all business today. We are Ali Maxwell and George Ellick. We're making betting picks ahead of a throbbing docket in the EFL. Some massive fixtures across the three leagues, uh, particularly in the League One, our second tier, England's third tier. That was confusing. This podcast is for over 18s only, and we also ask that anyone listening be gamble aware and understand the risks that come with placing a bet. Never bet more than you can afford to lose. Never chase your losses. Head to begambleaware.org to brush up on the risks that come with gambling. Did anyone make the ragu? Someone said they were going to. I mean, to be honest, if you're going to do it right, you'd have had to have started pretty much when we recorded, and it should still be just bubbling away slightly now, so... Hopefully, it'll be ready to eat. Last week, the second best week of the season so far in terms of combined profit made in a weekend. Both naps, good things. Hull City and Peterborough United. Thank God I didn't pick posh and over 2.5, eh? Yes. 2-0 win. There you go. Uh, Shame you didn't pick posh minus one. (laughs) But Yeah, that was a shame. (laughs) Someone did suggest to me maybe it'd be better if I picked all my naps minus one. I need to run the numbers on that. Uh, Double goals was a winner. Burnley and Norwich going overs. Well, Burnley going overs for us. Thanks. Uh, Your draw no bet shrews next best at Oxford was a lovely 8-5 winner. Mine, Watford, were 2-0 up at Reading and drew 2-2 with a dodgy pen and a worldie. That was tough to take, but beggars were not choosers because the wonderful Jez Raksaki scored a cracker 10 minutes in. Uh, for an 8-1 to one first goal score, a quarter point winner, and a 7-2 the anytime had half of my point as well. So really pleased with that. We took on Stockport and Sheffield Wednesday with our lays and lost. Uh, but yeah, second best combined week of the season. 7.57 points profit from the 12 state. Uh, week 19, still the holy grail, 9.4 points profit. So let's see if we can do that this weekend, George. What's your best bet? What's your nap? Yeah, I've been waiting to back Cheltenham over the last couple of weeks to have a game where you know it looked like a, a viable option to do so and I'm going to back them here at 11 to 10 to beat um, Accrington Stanley as my nap uh, now a quick look at the form book uh, wouldn't really put you on backing Cheltenham at the moment um, they've only won one of their last 10 games and uh, that was a 1-0 win at Shrewsbury and they've lost five of their last six league games um, so they come into this Maybe short of form in, in the literal sense in terms of, of, of results. But I think there's basically been things to like in pretty much all of those games, effectively. Like the the nil-nil draw last time out at home, um, they were the better side against Port Vale in that nil-nil draw. And, and if either team deserved to win it, it would have been them. They went to Argyle and lost 4-2, but came out of that game in massive credit. Similar in the 3-2 home loss against Derby. They've taken on two of the top four there. And... You know, more than held their own in those two games, especially from an attacking point of view. Defensively, they are frail. I'll admit that. But I feel that they are a side who create enough against basically any opposition. And the 2-1 defeats at Morecambe and Bristol Rovers, again, I, I don't think there was much in those games. It feels like consistently Cheltenham are playing in pretty tight matches and coming off second best. But this is the easiest assignment they've had for a long time. Um, they host an Accrington side who come into this one themselves short of form um, they got a one-all draw against Port Vale in midweek um, yes that's a good result anyone who saw what happened with the red card and the penalty will know that maybe it was slightly fortuitous um, and in my mind a one-all draw against Port Vale away from home in midweek when you're playing against a side who haven't played in midweek probably ends up just being a net negative there where you've got 
back-to-back away games. So from Accrington, you're travelling down to Port Vale, back up again, then having to go all the way back down to Cheltenham uh, on the Saturday. Yeah, I, in my mind, I think I'd be... If Accrington had played very well and beaten Port Vale, it would be cause for concern. But in this case, I think just the extra game is actually a, a negative against them, despite getting a decent point. Uh, and the, the 3-0 home win, uh, sorry, home defeat against uh, Lincoln on the weekend, as I said on the Monday pod, is probably up there with one of the worst performances any team has put in in the EFL this season. Um, because Lincoln came in, I think, at one point in the last five away games and were the better team by miles. Accrington offered precious little. Um, this is a relegation clash between two sides down towards the bottom end of, of, of League One. I think Cheltenham have more than enough uh, to get out of this. I'm not sure that Accrington necessarily do. And when you look at the kind of fixture dispersion so far this season, uh, Cheltenham still have to play um, most of the teams basically below 15th at home. So they've got Lincoln, Fleetwood, um, Burton, Accrington obviously this weekend and Forest Green still to come at home. The only three teams they've played in that area of the pitch at home, MK Dons, Morecambe and Cambridge, they've taken seven points from those three games with two wins and a defeat, only conceding one goal. So I think we're probably yet to see so far at home that Cheltenham are just better than most of these sides um, and I think yeah, as I said the money's kind of come in the last um, couple of days that's normally the case when you know when bare results look disappointing but actually when you dig in that the performances are okay and everyone kind of catches up so I still think they're a good yeah. bet to do this Cheltenham your nap mine is Stevenage a 4-5 to 1.8 they're at home to Bradford City in League Two, uh, it's a Bradford team that I looked to get against the other week. I think it was two weeks ago against Carlisle. Uh, it was a match postponed in that run of weeks where we had quite a lot of those. Uh, that was frustrating because Carlisle were a nice price and, and the shape that I believe that they're in versus the shape that Bradford are in. I think that could have been um, a good bit of value. But that game was postponed. I've been looking at ways of getting against Bradford since. And I think this represents a good opportunity, even at what is a, a skinny price. I wouldn't normally want to be napping things up around 1.8 but couldn't ignore it a Bradford team who I think have seen a pretty significant drop in standards from the start of the season to the next portion shall we say um, the first 13 games of the season saw them pick up 24 points just under two points per game we felt like the hoodoo the Bradford League 2 hoodoo was kind of over and maybe Mark Hughes, because he's Mark Hughes, was he was the one that was able to get in there and go, you know what, F this, let's not overthink it, let's just be a big club in League Two, flex our muscles, build a good squad, buy a load of interesting players and let's just win, let's finally just win. And for, uh, yeah, two or three months, it looked like that was on track. But it's been followed by 18 points from 14. Uh, so that's if you look at PPG over those two chunks, split the season in half so far, more than half a point per game less in the second chunk of the season to the first chunk of the season. And there's nothing to suggest that this is bad luck. If you look at XG trends in terms of both XG4 and XG against, they're both going in the wrong way. So their attack has broadly got worse since the start of the season and their defence has certainly got worse since the start of the season. They've only scored seven in their last nine league games, drawing five blanks in that time. So over half of their last nine haven't troubled the scorers. And lastly, all season, I've kind of been saying quite often on the Monday pod, I'll go like, George, this is confusing. Bradford seem to make really heavy weather of stuff at home. Thankfully, they're really good away and hence their points total. Well, I think even that's kind of been chipped away at. Their last four away from home, drew to Stockport, 
drew to Wimbledon, nil-nil both games, not bad results to be honest, lost to Carlisle, lost to Leighton Orient. So he's starting to build a picture that against the better teams in the division, this Bradford team isn't up to winning away. In fact, in those games, I don't think they've even scored a goal. So the fact that they travel away to the best team in the league is, is pretty bad news for them. Stevenage, well, I don't think there's a huge amount that we need to say at this point. They're unbeaten in 12. Uh, six wins and six draws. So not unbelievable win percentage there. Uh, half wins, half draws. But the points return is still strong. And that's while handling a, a famous cup run, which is now in the rearview mirror. Th their performance at home is the second best in the EFL behind Plymouth Argyle. They've won 12 of their 14 games at home. They concede less than half a goal a game, just six in 14. The, the home stats for Stevenage are sensational. Then there's the style of play. Every time Stevenage play against someone, I think to myself, how well will that team stand up to the sort of attack that Stevenage offer? And sometimes in the case of Sutton United last week, you think, yeah, that is a really physically strong, aerially dominant back line. And if anyone can handle it, it's probably Sutton. Uh, and that game was nil-nil. Stevenage with a few opportunities, but Sutton mostly dealing with what they offered. With Bradford, I don't think they have the same amount of solidity. Um, Platt is strong in the air, the centre-back. Critchlow, who started the last game, so-so, I'd say. Stubbs will <laughs> probably come in. Uh, they might switch. Hughes might switch to a back three just to react to Stevenage, basically. It would probably be advisable, but I think there might be a stubborn streak to him as well, which which refuses to do so. Last line on this. I basically don't think Stevenage will go off at anything near 1.8 for a home game from this point onwards this season, unless they inexplicably drop off. So this price must be down to the perceived strength of Bradford City. And I think they're currently playing around a mid-table or bottom half level. So I like the 1.8 about Stevenage. That's my nap. Uh, 1.8 to win and get me closer to my 50-1 to anti-post title bet. George, next best. Just throwing that in there, just reminding me that if that happens, then you're going to beat me quite a long way in the uh, season tally. Um, I have to look back and see what I put up in that first in that first show. Um I mean, if I'm right with my next best, then you're going to be in a great position because I'm putting up Walsall to beat Leighton Orient at um, at 13 to 8. Um, I reckon Leighton Orient are going to be incredibly popular with a lot of um, recreational punters for their Ackers who are going to wonder how a team clear at the top of League 2, 2-1 uh, uh, two to one against um, a mid-table League 2 side. But you know, as is always the case in my mind, there's there's far more to it than than just than than that because Orient's recent form, in my mind, in terms of pure performances, hasn't been great. Um, yes, another really important win in their quest for promotion at Crew in midweek. Crew, I mean, that performance they put in against Stoke the week before in midweek is is a massive anomaly. Um, Crew are consistently proving themselves at the moment to be probably the worst team in League Two. At this at this current stage and this current run of, of performance levels, and, and Leighton Orient were able to, to ease past them, as I think most teams would at the top end of, of League Two at the moment. Um, but the the Saturday game against AFC Wimbledon at home, a one 0 home win, which um, yeah, I don't think was necessarily deserved. I think Wimbledon um, were unlucky to leave uh, Orient pointless in that one. And then before that, you've got the back-to-back -back defeats. Um, so this is a really difficult game. Um, you know, they come into this after two away losses at Stevenage and Tranmere, two decent sides in League Two. They didn't score a goal in either of those two games. Their attacking output is is, is fairly poor. So if we take out the crew 
trip, which as I say is um, an easier one. And we focus on their three previous away games against decent sides, Tramir, Stevenage, and Northampton. They've lost all three and, and, and not scored a goal. Walsall's form coming into this again isn't great, but they've come, they played three consecutive away games against, again, decent sides, Tranmere, Salford and Northampton. And they've taken two points from those. And in all three games, they've been pretty good. In my mind, Walsall's recent performance level has been probably higher than Leighton Orient's. Uh, I think it's a matter of time before they put together a run as they did kind of in November and, and December that propelled them up into the, the playoff picture. And, and I still think they're a really good side. I don't think this is a case of Walsall tailing off. I think it's just difficult games in a short space of time. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, if you look at all their games, not just focusing the away matches, their recent matches have been Northampton, Salford, Mansfield, Stockport, Swindon. I mean, those are six teams who could easily finish in the top 10 this season. So, um, yeah, I fancy Walsall to, to bounce back to winning ways here. I need to see evidence that Leighton Orient is still the team they were earlier earlier in the season. So, Walsall at 13-8 to eight is my next best. Mm, I'm in League One for my next best, and it's Morecambe. To beat Forest Green Rovers at 2.45, uh, got against Forest Green last week, albeit against much stronger opposition in Peterborough, uh, and that was a good thing. Uh, and I'm going to do so again today. I like Morecambe here. I think that they have more about them on a few different levels. I think there's a bit of a misconception, possibly, about Morecambe, as there so often has been over the last few years. I think there's probably a sense that they are all grit and grind and men behind the ball and dig it out and I don't think that's fair at all I mean partly because defensively they aren't always that solid we've seen that in their last few away games um, albeit against Ipswich and Derby among the two best teams in the league where they've conceded four and five respectively Um, but they're not a grit and grind team in Dan Crowley albeit he's only just joined he's only played a couple of games and in particular in Jensen Weir who I rate very very highly picked in my League One team of the season so far video a couple of weeks ago. They've got two properly excellent attacking technical midfielders. Uh, They've got a a Cole Stockton who looks a little happier than he did a few months ago. And they're scoring quite a lot of goals. Uh, They scored two against Accrington, five against Bristol Rovers, two against Cheltenham and five against Burton in recent home games. In fact, in their last eight at the Mazuma, it's five wins, three draws, zero defeats. They're absolutely flying and they've flown off the bottom of the league and they're now in a good spot to potentially avoid relegation. Another home win against a relegation struggler would go a long way. They've done that very well in, in recent wins against the likes of Burton, Accrington and Cheltenham. I just think they've got the better players. I think they have a manager in Derek Adams. You can be much more confident in being proven in these sorts of games at this level. I'm not buying much of a bounce under Duncan Ferguson at Forest Green, and I've spoken about that a fair bit over the last few weeks. I don't think I need to keep saying the same things, like I said last week, backing posh against them or on the Monday pod. But yeah, I just genuinely believe that they they play okay within the style and the squad that they have, but I don't think there's much substance to them. I find them to be lacking in both attack and defence, and I don't find that with Morecambe necessarily, albeit they have... They've got a bit of a rick in them uh, occasionally. So I'm hoping that the the form line will continue here. Morecambe's home form very strong. And at 2.45, the price was just extra juicy in my eyes. So Morecambe, my next best here. Don't forget, it's Bet10 Get2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. That means if you bet £10 on EFL Akers this season, you'll get a £2 free bet. T's and C's in the description of this episode. It's time to go to the exchange. Put up a lay. Yeah, I'm, as everybody who listens to this podcast regularly knows... A massive fan of, of what Burnley are doing this season and thought you're gonna say slave to the data. I am that too. <laughs> but not but not when it comes to Burnley. I ignore the data with them because <laughs> uh, it suits my agenda. 
Um, <laughs> Your words, not mine. Um, yeah, also nonsense. Uh, I yeah, I, I'm going to lay Burnley um, at one point five six at home to Preston. I mean, for for a few reasons. First, I mean, it's it's just a pure price thing here. Where again, Burnley have played ninety seven minutes in midweek uh, and Ips against Ipswich, which certainly isn't a, a positive to take into this, despite the fact they managed to progress in that tournament uh, in the FA Cup um, with Preston having had the midweek off. So I think that's the first thing to tick off there. Secondly, you know, they struggled to get past a rotated Ipswich side with a pretty decent team out themselves. Yes, they brought in players who need game time like uh, Lyle Foster and Scott Twine, but these aren't necessarily second string players. Like it's These are players who I think if they're fit and are firing should play quite a big part in Burnley's second half of the season. You know, Foster just cost them 11 million, um, 11 million quid. So it's not really a second string team um and you know we know that Burnley's numbers are has them massively overperforming their expected goals as I've said before I don't think this is going to be a huge issue when it comes to whether or not they get promoted because their level of dominance in games is so high and I think game state has played a huge part in that xg skew given that they are ahead pretty often and behind very little um but Preston are one of the weirder sides in the whole of the EFL where their away form is is so good and their home form is absolutely terrible. I mean, they've lost five consecutive home games conceding four goals twice to, to Millwall and Norwich. But you look at their home form and they've won four of their last five, um, scoring plenty of goals in the process. Went to Blackburn, won 4-1, four, four, beat Reading 2-1, beat Stoke 1-0, beat Birmingham 2-1. For whatever reason, this Ryan Lowe side seems to be one that enjoys playing on the road um, and coming into this will probably fancy it more than they would hosting Burnley at Deepdale. So... Yeah, just kind of just bigger than two one one point five six seems a huge price, especially about a Burnley side who now have that massive cushion down to Blades in second. You know, if there is going to be a drop off at all, a bit of complacency, especially off the back of the midweek game, maybe this will be it. Um, you know, these incredible winning runs don't last, even if they put in an incredible performance and maintain a high performance level. Eventually, you know, variants will catch up with them, and, and I'm chancing that it might be this time round. Yeah, I'm doing what you did last week and laying Stockport at 1.88. They're away at Harrogate Town in League Two. Uh, I'm going to be honest and say I wasn't hugely enamoured by the the options here in terms of looking down the list of the three leagues, uh, in terms of the odds on shots, which is is always what I'm kind of looking for here. Um, but you laid Stockport last week, and I agreed with everything that you said really about their level of control and dominance dropping off in the last month or so. And then they beat Tranmere three two. But two of their goals were just absolute gifts from the opposition and the sorts of goals that you do not get gifted generally. Now, I say that nervously because Harrogate haven't always been the most solid defensively. But I'm going to make another play on the fact that Stockport may potentially not quite be at that level that they were a month or two ago, but they're still being very strongly rated. Um, they've not been able to hit the same heights away from home as they have at Edgeley Park all season. They've only won five of their 14 away games, so it's just over one in three. Again, not that dominant away from home, not winning loads of games away from home. As for Harrogate, I'm going to be completely honest and say I've just not got a very good steer on them, and I haven't all season. I thought they'd be okay when they started the season, but they started terribly. Then I thought they'd got good and then they got bad again. And the only game they've won recently was last weekend in a match where they didn't have a single shot on target against Carlisle. So as always with Harrogate, I'm kind of hopeful that good individual players like Patterson and Armstrong and Grant can do can do some good things here. Um, but this is kind of more about just playing on, on Stockport's drop-off, uh, laying them at 1.88. Have you got a goals selection? 
Yeah, my goals pick is uh, Bristol City against Norwich. Uh, ah, where, um, yeah, for starting Bristol City, it feels like we've kind of gone back to the Bristol City that we used to know and love, the carnage, the mayhem, um, after maybe losing that um, entertaining spark at both both ends. We're seeing a return to that. Um, we've got the FA Cup game where they beat West Brom 3-0 and then the league, the 4-2 win over Birmingham. Uh, last time out, the 2-1 win over Preston. It just feels like their games are easing back into what we come to expect from Nigel Pearson's uh, Bristol City sides with decent attacking output, not particularly good defensively. Uh, Alex Scott is... In his current form, um, you know he's he's clearly one of the form inform attacking players in the whole league. You can probably expect him to shine here, uh, and it should be the kind of game where he'll be able to because in Norwich they have an opposition where we know exactly what we're, what we're going to get under David Wagner. Um, they have been um, the team to go to for goals in the last few games. They scored four times in both of their first two games under Wagner. One of them finishing four two, then the three nil defeat against Burnley, showing um, a willingness to play out from the back that didn't go particularly well. I think Norwich will continue to to be one of the entertainers under Wagner for, for, for the rest of the season. Uh, a lot of attacking output, aggressive off the ball, but I can be pretty sure they're not going to be the most solid. So I think this is two teams. Certainly Norwich have more quality and are better, but in terms of, of what they bring to the table, both should be be full of attacking intent. And therefore the 20 to 23 seems that the best value uh, goals play uh, in the EFL for me on Saturday. Well, I sort of agree. I half agree. I definitely agree that the 20 to 23 about overs in Bristol City Norwich looks like lovely value. And so it's part of my selection. But I think the equally good value is the 1.9, the 9 to 10 about overs in Sheffield United Swansea. So I'm doubling those two up at 3.55. So just better than 5 to 2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Um, You've talked about Bristol City and Norwich and I won't add uh, anything major on top of that. Uh, for Sheffield United and Swansea, well, we saw Sheffield United have an absolute ding-dong in midweek against Wrexham. Um, and I think this match is going to look a little bit different in terms of team style. But I do think in terms of opportunities for both sides and a decent spread of opportunities rather than one team absolutely dominating could look fairly similar. Because I think Swansea can have a good old go at Sheffield United in attack. You've noted a bit over the last month or so that Sheffield United maybe don't look as sturdy as maybe they had done earlier on in the season. Um, And my sense is that there's a part of games like this that suits Swansea only specifically really going forward in that it allows them a little more space to play in rather than having the frustration of banging their heads against the wall against set defences. But... I also think Sheffield United can absolutely ravage Swansea's (laughs) defence. Like, a set-piece goal feels inevitable. It's the team with the second most scored against the the team who have conceded the most. Um, Swansea have been poor defensively all season, particularly just looking at last week and the way that they threw away that lead against Birmingham City. There's not a dependable defensive bone in their body. Um, And if you look at the games that they've played against top teams, um, top nine teams. So Sunderland and upwards, that's 12 games Swansea have played. They haven't kept a clean sheet in any of those games. 10 out of 12 has got, have gone over 2.5 because for the most part, they're conceding one, two, three, sometimes four goals. Uh, but also they do hurt these teams. That They are an interesting attacking prospect for a team that doesn't just want to sit in and defend against them. Uh, so I just like the, the alchemy here. Uh, I think it's going to be a goal-laden game. Sheffield United against Swansea 
9 to 10. Bristol City, Norwich, 20 to 23. The double, 3.55. Betfair's Bet Builder allows you to combine selections easily into one bet. And with Betfair's popular Bet Builder, you can easily add the trending Football League Bet Builder selections to your bet slip in just one tap. Head to the football section of the Betfair app and you'll find the popular Bet Builders at the top there, which just leaves a goal scorer. Same as last week, mate. It didn't didn't win. Um, Sunderland weren't great at Millwall, but a home to Reading, Ahmad Diallo to score any time at 3-1. to one. Yes, please. I love that because last week I backed Raksaki for a second weekend in a row and said he didn't score the week before, but it made me even more confident yeah. that he would soon. Too right. Um, Ahmad played through the middle um, in the game uh, until he came off um, against Fulham in midweek. Um, they are heavily odds on against a Reading side who we know concede a lot of goals on the road. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, there's. I basically think as long as... Um, well, we know it's till the end of the season, but I think every game, basically, you want to have a look at Sunderland um, goal scorers because until it settles down, I'm pretty sure that if Ross Stewart was playing in this game, Ahmad Diallo would still be 3-1, to one, basically. I think it's just a bit of a quirk of this market where um, it doesn't adjust itself quickly enough to team news and changing roles. Again, Diallo will be on penalties. I'm pretty sure if they get one, he's obviously more of a goal threat when Stewart isn't on the pitch. Probably the most likely goal scorer until we start seeing Joe Galhart um, doing it for Sunderland. Um, I think we can say he's the most likely now. So yeah, he should be basically the price, well, nearer, nearer the price that Stewart would be if he was playing, which is not three to one. My goal scorer is very different to Ahmad Diallo in terms of style of play. And it's a big, beefy CB. I'm scratching my good lift itch. Welcome to the good lift. We did a bit of good living a couple of weeks ago, and I was so excited about that. I think it was Crawley, wasn't it? And that game was postponed. And I've had the itch ever since. I'm scratching it this weekend because I think there's a goal that will come in the next few weeks and at the price that he is being quoted at, which is 40 to 1 first and 19 to 1 anytime. I have to get in front of it. I have to get in front of it because it doesn't take many goals for a CB to lose all their juice in terms of the price. Uh, they're up against Hartlepool, Suttonar. Uh, Hartlepool, not that solid defending set plays. Uh, they've faced the fifth most set piece shots. They've conceded the second highest set piece expected goals number and they've conceded the fifth most set piece goals. They're not a very good team. We've discussed it quite a lot on the Monday pod. I think that even when they're winning games at the moment, they're not winning them very convincingly and therefore I I don't see it as a sustainable means of winning games. More often than not, they are um, comfortably second best and I think that could be the case against the Sutton side that, as people know, I like quite a lot at the moment. Uh, Goodliffe is a monster in the air. His aerial win percentage is massive uh, and since he's got back from injury, he's had seven shots in six games. I wouldn't go as far as say he's plundering shots, but uh, averaging over one a game, uh, 0.7 XG accumulated so far with no goals. So I think it will come, and maybe it will come here. Um, I had a look at the Hartlepool back three in their last game. It wasn't quite as beefy as I expected. With Menais out injured long term, uh, I'm not as convinced in their pure penalty box defensive beef. So looking for good lift to give us a great lift. 40 to 1 first quarter point, 40 to 1 last quarter point, 19 to 1 any time, full point. Doing the old split states because I... Did you, did you just do 1.5 points? Did I? You said full point for the any time. Just want to make sure, just so you don't suddenly claim it's a half point when it loses and then a full point when it wins. Am I allowed an extra? No. no. <laughs> Can I take off half a point from my lay? No, no, come on. Don't be silly. 40 to 1 first quarter point, 
40 to one last, quarter point. 19 to one anytime, half point. What's the point? <laughs> right, recap your selections, please. My nap is Cheltenham, uh, who hosts Accrington Stanley. My next best is Walsall, who hosts Leighton Orient. Uh, two home wins, it's quite fun. Uh, my lay is Burnley against Preston, over two and a half goals in Bristol City against Norwich at 20 to 23. And for the second week running, Ahmad Diallo to score any time for Sunderland, a home to Reading at 3-2-1. I can tell that maybe subliminally you're starting to get excited for Cheltenham Festival because you've backed the Saddlers and Cheltenham. Yes. I'm backing Stevenage at home to Bradford at 1.8. Morecambe at home to Forest Green at 2.45. I've laid Stockport at 1.88 on the Betfair Exchange. I've backed over 2.5 goals in Sheffield United Swansea and Bristol City Norwich at 3.55. And my goal scorer is Ben Goodliffe of Sutton United away at Hartlepool. Quarter point first and last at 40 to 1 and half a point anytime at 19s. Thank you to Betfair for their support of this podcast. Please make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast feed because we're looking forward to breaking down what promises to be a very exciting weekend in the EFL on Monday. Best of luck with any bets that you have. Please make sure you're gambling responsibly. Have a good weekend. Go out. Well.